Hey, what's up, everybody? Coming with another Red Dead Redemption episode. As promised, uh, probably not even going to be released that far away from my first episode. I'm not really sure how they're going to come out, but here it is again. I'm actually in the process of playing it right now, as I tend to be when I'm making videos, so heads up if you can hear that in the background. But this game is just super fun. Currently, I'm, I'm robbing a train, so it's in the early stages where you have to ride adjacent to the train and jump on, you know, ride obviously with your horse, and then you... I know there's a lot of ways you can go about it. I'm trying to map that out in my head right now. I don't know. I can either, like, kill the conductor and slow the train and take that kind of violent approach. I can rob it at gunpoint for, like, financial gain. I can just sort of, I don't know, lay waste to the people there and cause havoc. And You know, it's a lot of fun. Uh, I should mention, though, to put you in the the seed of what I'm doing. I play this almost entirely in, in the first person mode. So for me, a lot of things, uh, I mean, I'm not going to say that they're harder, but it's a lot more engaging and a lot more realistic. So obviously combat when it's in a first person point of view is more realistic because that's how you would experience it. But I mentioned the horseback riding, but really the horseback riding is, is crazy. I've gone horseback riding. I have an aunt in another country as a ranch, and uh, it's it's not easy. So, in this game, <laughs> when you're doing it, and you're bobbing around with only like the horse as a fixed point on the screen, and it's jumping everywhere. It's like a, a challenge. It's almost a mini game. Whereas you know, if you zoom out to third person, you can just cruise around and yeah. Um, you could have endless fun. This is, uh, I call it, I don't know, like a horse simulator, pretty much. Not, no, that doesn't really make sense, because goat simulator, you play a goat. But it's like a equestrian fan simulator. You get to, I guess if we're going to be nitpicky, that wouldn't make sense either. But it just really gives a lot to people who like horses. You get to ride them, obviously, but customize them, collect different breeds, compare their stats. Um... Yeah, oh, I just made a terrible error. In the game, I try to be good. I mean, as I've always done in Fallout and everything, I really try to be a benevolent presence on the wasteland or in the game. And in this one, as as with the first one, I really I try to be like a good lawman, sort of blowing through town and, you know, helping solve conflicts and lassoing those who need lassoing. Um... For some reason, this time around, it's really hard to stay on the side of the angels. It's very fun in this game to just go ape and shoot everybody. It's very satisfying. The gameplay is magnificent. And the combat is hard because there's a realism to it and a slowness. and a... There's a lot of manual actions that have to be taken, like labors. You pull out a gun, you reload a gun, you have to maintain a gun. And these are all things that when they're automated, it just takes away the realism. And when you have to do it, and a gunfight lasts a couple minutes because you're shooting each other with inaccurate guns, and, you know, you're both wounding each other, and it just, it's its a lot of fun. So I find myself killing a lot of people, inadvertently. Um, sometimes I press the wrong button and fire a gun, and then it turns into a confrontation, and I'm not really going to back down and, you know, give it to them that way. So that'll <laughs> turn into a fight, or I'll just be robbing someone who looks you know interesting on the highway and it was let them go it was going to hog tie them loot them cut them free or you know maybe like put them somewhere far away where they can't report 
you know, the not evil way of doing it. But something happens, there's a witness, the next thing you know, I'm like six bodies deep, and I don't know, this game makes me feel terrible about myself that way. Um, as I mentioned before, it's also a hindrance, because you, you wind up racking up these, like, massive bounty tabs that you, if you ever want to progress, to my knowledge, the only way to um, clear that debt is to pay it off, but I remember in the first one there was, like, uh, I'm going to call it a get-out-of-jail-free card. Like a, a pardon, I suppose. But I'm yet to encounter that, which would be great, because I'm sitting at, I think, like three, $400 in a couple towns. And, you know... I clearly don't have that kind of Skrilla right now. If I did, I wouldn't be stealing dead people's hats. <laughs> I had one hat that I loved at the beginning of the game, and I, I'm sure you can go back and, like, refresh your wardrobe, but I'm trying to play with a bit of realism, and they, I lost that hat. Was, yeah, I'm not getting it again. Uh, I do try to play with a little smidge of um, almost roleplay-esque realism to it. So everything's first person, as I mentioned, but um, I try to do things accordingly. So, you know, if yeah, after a fight and you're healing up and you're just schmoozing around, like I like to give my guy a cigarette or a cigar and just kind of have like a, a moment. I like there being sort of a a personal stake in this. The customization as well, I mean, that goes without saying. It's it's unreal. The things that this game lets you customize that other games don't even have in the first place just blows my mind. Um, the saddle, the, like the foot rests on the saddle, the horn, which is the part that you grab on the saddle. I learned that from this game. It's like Age of Empires. I'm learning from a game again. Um, all those things are able to be customized tooled out, engraved a lot of the time. Like, my knife is, is fancy as fuck. Um, anyway, this shootout on the train, just to keep you guys um, abreast with what's happening. It's still going on. So they parked the train. I've just kind of been killing a bunch of people sent here to stop me on the train. But I'm not exiting the train. That is to say, if they were just leave me alone, nobody would die. And I think that's a clear differentiator that I want to make. <laughs> um... So I am a huge fan of the show Gotham. I wanted to take a second while I'm blowing through the law to mention that. Um, it's For anyone that doesn't know, it's a DC show that explores the life of the Gotham characters we're familiar with. So Bruce Wayne, Selina Kyle, Alfred Pennyworth, uh, Jim Gordon... Oswald Cobblepot. I mean, people that, if you're anything familiar with Batman that you know about... And I gotta say, it grows on you, both because it needs to grow as a show and because uh, the character development is just fantastic, and some of them are, are really endearing. Uh, it starts out a little weak. I don't want to be dishonest about that. Season one, as with most shows, to be fair, is kind of rough. Um, you have a lot of children, which... It's not bad. A lot of it's unfair to say kid actors as a whole are bad. There's a lot of talent there, but that's not my problem with them. My problem with them being children is that it limits their ability to have journeys that would contradict the source material. So, you know, um, Alfred can't. Um, I don't know, have, have like beaten Poison Ivy as a kid and then, you know, if that was something that happened like, it would have been mentioned or, that, that's a poor example, I don't know why I went to that, but 
you poison ivy is tricky too because her age kind of fluctuates. Spoiler alert. Um, but the point is, when it, as the season goes on, the characters get older, obviously, and the scope of what they can do gets a lot more interesting. So not only do you have like obviously romantic plots and subplots, but you have physical like superheroing. You have Bruce finally donning some some manner of the cowl and uh, trying it out and seeing what you know what it's like to be Batman and. It's very cool. Uh, it's, I mean, it actually is pretty cool to watch. It's not, you know, cheesy. It really could have been bad. They did it tastefully, and it's not in that much either. And uh, Alfred is probably one of the cooler characters in the show. You really see a lot out of him. They do touch on a lot of stuff from the comics. I was speaking to a fellow at work, and he was saying, I mean, it seems stupid. It's for kids and everything. And I like in the comics where all these characters and these characters are in there, man. Like I told you, they're in there. You just, you gotta wait. It builds to it. The, you know, we got Ra's al Ghul. We got pretty much any rogues gallery character you can imagine. We got, I gotta say, for TV specifically, let alone for this character, but the Joker that they have in that show is top-notch. I forget the kid Jeremy something, or... I don't know. He does a bang-up job. And the Joker's hard to do. And it's the same thing I've talked about in a few episodes with... Um, Jared Leto and with uh, coming up Joaquin Phoenix the Joker is big shoes to fill, big clown shoes there's just an expectation in the in the zeitgeist of what the Joker is and what he represents and you know when you're contrary to that unless there's very rare cases when when you go against that it just is not well received but this this kid does a bang up fucking job I, I kind of want to one day see them integrate that into a wider movie universe of a, of a grown joker or maybe he'll just take long enough and he himself will grow i don't know jerome vasquez or something is the character's name and just a very interesting backstory very well done there's a lot of gotham that's very worthwhile um the season i'm watching now is about professor pig and disturbing stuff i gotta say he's a disturbing character he's very gross and that's something that's always been uh great about the batman characters is you can you can have characters that, villains, I should say, that, you know, chill your bones and really rustle your jimmies, and it's always a comfort because it's like, oh, Batman stops them, and that's great. But this guy's gross and fucked up in the comics, and especially in the show. Um, I think there's, uh, I don't know, in terms of interesting episodes, there's a ton. The first season, as I said, is, is only a little slow, but they, they do a lot of character development, and you get uh, a lot out of the people that are introduced. I gotta say, though, the Penguin, who I didn't get to meet at Fan Expo, but I saw at Fan Expo in a distance, so I forget the actor's name. The Penguin is one of my favorite characters, not just in, in that show, but in, in TV. To watch this character, who you hate in season one, you pretty much consistently don't like and don't even root for, but to, to see him turn into somebody that you can't help but cheer for. You cannot help but root for Oswald Cobblepot. He is just a fucking scrappy fighter. He's got Gotham in the palm of his hand and lost it several times, and he always claws, you know, claws his way back up to the top. He's been in like every conceivable crime lord position, mayoral position. I mean, he's, he's played the board. The guy... He's got class, he's got the dress, you know, he's got the, the sort of dapperness. He's just a, he's a pretty fucking cool guy in the show, and that's the old Danny DeVito and 
potato-esque penguins of old were kind of gross, and it just, it, it was very well done in this show. It made him someone that you could really cheer for. Not because he's heroic, and he's a villain through, he keeps killing people, and it's annoying, but it just in the way an audience as a character, we, we sort of root for that underdog, and you see his mom get killed, and you just see, you know, he's still around, he's outlasted so many other people, you know. Uh... Jim Gordon as well, I actually went for him as Halloween, I think, once or twice. Uh, very cool character, really staunch lawman who just wants the right thing, you know, who wants justice for Gotham, and is unwavering in that quest. Uh, they took some liberties from the comics. I remember, I think it's year one, that really um, puts a kind of grim picture of what Gordon's life is, and other stuff, he's more of just a foil for Batman, they don't really explore him too much, so you can just it's that, but he's awesome, he takes down all the bad guys, he's partnered with Harvey Bullock, who's sort of that, like, dirty, grungy street detective, who, you know, has a, you know, 40 coffees a day, and eats nothing but New York street meat, and chews on cigar, like, that kind of, he's got connections in the criminal underworld, because he's kind of, you know, other side of the tracks, it's great, though, they have a great dynamic, Harvey's an extremely interesting character as well, you kind of grow to love him, um, despite is extremely annoying, <laughs> um, I guess, hang-ups that get in the way of Jim. I think overall, for a show called Gotham, um, there's a lot of pressure on the Batman character, and I think that, I forget his name, which is a shame, that the kid that plays Bruce Wayne is fantastic. Um, there's that powerful acting, but also the constant sort of sadness, and I guess, and, and not in like a over-the-top or a whiny way, and it's perfect. I mean, he smiles a couple times, he does the smirk, and, like, there's little homages to an older Bruce that we could picture perfectly. And uh, the Alfred is one of my favorite Alfreds. I, season one, I was really hard on it. I don't know why. I think it just... The, his voice takes him getting used to. I think it's... Um, I don't know. It's like when there's a distinctly different casting choice or something, uh, casting characteristic in an actor, and you focus on it, and you have to take a step back and say it's really not the thing to focus on. But um, he is fantastic as a character and as an Alfred. So the actor's quite talented, and you get some pretty cool fight scenes out of him. But I took a bit of a Gotham break there. I wanted to uh, strategize my train move next. But... I keep encountering strangers, uh, those white dot encounters. And this one seems to be O'Driscoll's, which, uh, spoiler alert, are dicks, and you fight them. The O'Driscoll's are like the rival gang to the... the I want to say the Dutch gang. I, there's probably a name for it. But whenever you encounter them, it's <laughs> pretty much just a kill-all no-holds-bar situation. It's kind of ironic. I've been committing a lot of highway robberies to save up money to pay off my bounty so the police will stop chasing me. So, um, I'd mentioned in the previous episode that you can skin animals, and obviously you, you can, and it's great. There's a nice uh, realism to it. But what's weird is in the first game, you, you would do it to like a horse, and the horse would just lay there in the middle of the road skinless, and I thought in this one, because you can like pick up animals, that wouldn't be the case. But no, horses are too fucking heavy to pick up, so there's still just a bunch of like horses on the road. Never caught up to that. Um, I found this 
cart with like an O'Driscoll in the back, and I'm uh, I'm not gonna shoot a man in a cage, but I can't like leave him in the cage because the bounty, right? <laughs> Talked about that. Um, it doesn't really say what he is. I think we're gonna err on the safe side. Um, yeah, he's like, what's the sport in shooting someone in a cage? And he's got me there. I feel like a dick. I feel, in a lot of games, the moral choice you're supposed to take is kind of murky, and you're just doing it seemingly for, like, the karma points. But this one just feels like a dick move. I'm not going to shoot a guy in a cage. (laughs) Yeah, that's where I draw the line. My character's definitely not been a good person, and I try, like, in every in every single random opportunity that I get with a stranger, like, if somebody needs help on the side of the road, or somebody needs money or something, like, one dude, one time, there's a hobo that needed a hug, and I swear, that's, that's what he needed, he didn't want money or anything, he just was like, can I embrace your friend? And I was like, my character accurately portrayed how uncomfortable I would be in that situation, but what I would not do in real life was I pressed X to hug him. Nothing against that, just in, in real life there's not enough Purell that I could cover myself in to feel clean again. But, um, <laughs> so, my character's good, just a lot of the time, it, how do I put this, a lot of the time it winds up being good in like a 9 out of 10 way, but murdery in that 1 out of 10 interaction on the highway late at night when I was bored. Because it also, in, <laughs> in my defense, once people have witnessed your shit, I mean, you've got to kill them. <laughs> You're not just going to watch that red blip disappear on the mini-map, knowing they'll come back. I had this one, uh, I think it was a bounty or something. It was uh, like a side mission, maybe. <laughs> this guy's like, if you're going to tie me up, you better kill me, because I'll cut off your balls. I'm like, that's a... I thought about it. I'm like, I should just kill him. I'm like, nah, it's not the way. It's not the way. Um, I could dual wield in the game. That was a big win for me. You do one of the first sort of mandatory storyline things, and you get a holster from this dude that I think you butcher an entire town with, and he's like, here, have a holster, and I will call it even. And I'm like, okay, crazy friend that I don't know how to say we can't be friends anymore. Because he's got all the same mutual friends. The Dutch gang, Dutch family, I don't know. The Dutchies. Uh, I found a lot of uh, <laughs> a lot of weapons that you find on the ground are absolute shit. So it really makes looting easy. You just have to loot the bodies and then move on. Oh, this guy's giving me stink eyes. So this is what I mean. There's a gentleman who's, who's riding by and he's swearing at me for no reason. There's no witnesses around. And I think it's just ridiculous to not assault him, if that makes any sense. I also should mention I don't have a horse and he has a horse. I don't want to feel like Rocket Raccoon trying to explain why crime is okay, but he has something and I want it, so. I also used to take my bandana on and off, and I don't want to sound negative, but now I just don't take the bandana. Oh, no, bounty hunters! I was going to say, I don't even take the bandana off anymore because there's so many crimes, and that's what's going down. A bunch of bounty hunters just rolled up on this. Oh, I blew one of their heads, like, clean off. Yikes.
oh, this is heavy shit. <laughs> so I'm, I'm sort of pinned down in the river. And uh, the bounty hunters is coming, which is okay. I feel, uh, I feel lucky. I feel blessed enough to kill this many people in a row. That's what it comes down to. Channeling as much Clint Eastwood as I physically can. <laughs> you can hear a guy screaming in the background. Uh, with the mo sort of like most trips out into the wilderness in this game, I forget to buy supplies. So, oh, so I usually don't have uh, the tools I need, which is to say arrows, rifle ammunition, and dynamite. Uh, I do have a lot of animal carcasses on me at any given time, though, so that's a win. Um, I encountered a legendary animal, which sort of reminded me that Red Dead 1 had all that. They had, like, the mythic horses and beasts and everything, and I just want to reiterate, this game is fucking balls-to-the-wall amazing. Like, pick it up, whatever console you can. If you can, I don't know, hack into your computer and... Uh, run it on an emulator and somehow science with the code red and do whatever you gotta do to play it, man. It's fun. It's good times. It is the equivalent of Grand Theft Auto in the Wild West. People are accurate in saying that. Hours upon hours of fun. You can have good old mission fun. You can have jump off a fucking cliff and throw an axe at a deer in midair kind of fun. All real things. Or you can bounty hunt. I think that's the most satisfying way to earn money in this game. You get to, like, hunt and capture and therefore like kill the accessory henchmen of criminals and then they pay you and they don't take away your karma points and I'm sitting heavy in the red for karma points if it wasn't apparent but anyway yeah it's a great game I probably will have a third if not third final video on uh, I'm going to call this a video an audio on Red Dead, because there's just so much more stuff to do. I've been picking away at the main story mission. It's not like I've just been idling around. I think I'm at like 30 or thereabouts completion percentage, but I'll wait until I've maybe cracked up a little bit more of the game than like shooting deer in the butt. I'll get back to you guys. But yeah, check out Gotham. I think Netflix has got a ton of it, and uh, I've got a couple days off at home, so I might be getting back to you with what else is on Netflix. And uh, yeah, they added stuff in November. It was November 5th, actually, uh, a day or two ago. I managed to catch, like, I don't know, just a ceremonial 20 minutes of uh, V for Vendetta at home. I think it was actually in transit coming home, which was enough for me. I appreciate that movie. I glanced through the graphic novel, I think, as well. But, yeah, happy uh, Guy Fox Day, belated to any uh, people listening from a place that celebrates that, UK, some parts of Canada. But anyway, I'll leave you guys on that, and uh, yeah, get out there. See you, partners.